and did it at home. And okay, there we go, we've got left off. All right, cool. So I want to start off with the scripture. Um, that I felt the Lord speak to me. I've read this thing a, m- a bunch of times, but it was just like something lit up for me. So if you wouldn't mind just putting on uh, Ephesians 3, verse 9 to 10. Um, cool. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities. Just move that thing over a little bit. It's, oh, it's just cut off. Okay. Um, the, would be known, made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. And read that again. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. It's quite a powerful scripture that for some of you might be going, what? What does that even mean? And we're going to focus on one specific thing. Um, And that this morning is the fact that when Jesus came, he was the hope for the world and he's the hope of the world. For all of us, we can only receive repentance today, forgiveness for repentance. We can only receive eternal life. We can only receive right standing with God through the person of Jesus Christ. It comes through no other way. I'm being very, very clear. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ alone. There is no other God. There is no other way. You cannot chastise yourself and beat yourself and try and do enough good works to earn your way to heaven. It just is not the way that it is. And see, before the foundation of the earth, God wasn't caught off guard by the fact that Adam and Eve sinned. It wasn't like in his master plan, that was just the page that he didn't see. He knew it was going to happen. And he made arrangements for that in advance. And that person was Jesus Christ. He came so that if we put our faith in him, if we believe that he came and lived the perfect life as a man, that he died on the cross, perfect, was raised on the third day, and was seen by many witnesses, actually, and we put our faith in that, we can be saved, and we can be forgiven from everything. And it would be great if, if, if that was the end of the story, then what would happen is we would respond in a meeting, or we would respond one-to-one, and then that next moment, zip, we'd get sucked up to heaven, and we'd go into glory. But it doesn't ha- happen like that. And that scripture tells you Why? You see, because God wants to use this church to actually prove how wise and amazing and supernatural he is to demonic powers and principalities all around us. It's through you and me. I don't know about you. Like, so Israel was chosen. Israel were God's chosen people in the Old Testament. They were the ones. He said, I will bring salvation to the earth through the, through the, the, the Israelites. And we were out. Is there any Jewish people here? So no, there's not a one of us. Maybe a little bit of Jew there. Okay, so we've got a little bit. We've got like sort of maybe a little bit of, of Jewish blessing that came. But for the rest of us, we were Gentiles, man. We were on the outside. We were on the outside. You know, the Jews wouldn't want to touch us. Like, you you Gentiles must go that side. And Christ comes and he redeems us all. And he brings us into 
eternal life, but more than that, He brings us into a body of Christ. He brings us into the body of Christ, which is you and me. It's us. And He's got a clear plan for us. It's exciting. It really is. It's exciting. But, (laughs) read this again. It is through the church, through the church, that God makes His manifest wisdom known to the principalities. So that means that you, and 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 you, we plan A, we plan B, and we plan Z. <laughs> and God, the same God that it says here, created all things through a word, looked at the earth and gone, what's the best way for me to display my power to these powers and principalities? And he goes, I'll use people. I'll use these broken people. And he looked at, do you know the fascinating thing is that when God looked before the foundation of the earth, when he looked at Gordon's Bay, guess what his solution was? It's you. Isn't that crazy? It's you. It's Sarah coming up and sharing a testimony. It's Donovan coming up and sharing a testimony. It's Albert and his worship team doing the worship. It's the people bringing prophetic words. It's me preaching. It's Kevin leading. It's Mark on AV. It's the coffee setup. It's everything. It's all of us coming together. It's a wonderful thing. And every time we do it right, we actually are going, ha ha, in your face to the enemy. Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for us to be in this place. I often think to myself, like, would I naturally have gravitated to all of the people in this room before I was saved? Would you have gravitated to me? <laughs> it's crazy. Would we actually have gotten along? Maybe not. But you see, there's this person called Jesus Christ, and he comes and lives in my heart. And when he comes, he changes me. And suddenly what was unlovable becomes lovable for me. And we no longer get separated by our um, previous religious beliefs, the rugby team we, we support, the, sc- the color of our skin. It doesn't matter here. It shouldn't matter here. Because we are in Him. We are new creation. The old is died and all things are made new. It's incredible, man. And if if God says that we are the plan, we are his plan, that means, guys and girls, you and I are it. That is it. We are it. We have to get the thing right. And that means that on your best day, when your faith is strong, your deaf, deaf ears are opening, blind eyes are seeing, you get home and the house is clean and the kids are great and your husband or your wife is like the biggest angel on earth and it's like the report cards are fantastic. Finances are flying. You the plan. But when you've been suffering with health for a long time and you haven't seen your breakthrough, or when your finances are a challenge, or when it seems like God is not listening to any of your prayers, they just hit the roof and bounce down. Your kids run around like possessed little demons and your husband seems to be the devil himself. Guess what? You're still the plan. Ten points. 
You're still the plan. And I want to encourage you today. It doesn't actually matter which season you're in, good or bad or ugly. You are the plan to show the powers and the principalities of this dark age that Jesus is king and that the Lord is good. You are that plan. And actually, you know what, guys? I really believe, I really, in my heart of hearts, believe that when you're in a time of suffering and strife and you still love and you still pour yourself out and you can still worship God and you're still committed to what he loves, which is his people, that is actually the biggest in your face to the enemy. When you can worship, when at home you're crying tears because your last, loaf, last piece of bread is in the cupboard, and you can come and be in awesome worship of God, the enemy looks at that and goes, how do, I, how do I deal with that? I think of Job who has everything stripped from him, yet he praises God. In Ephesians 4.3, it says to us this. Be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What does that mean? That means that when we are in the church, we need to be eager to, others say, strive to maintain the unity. You see, if we the plan, A, B, C, and Z, we can't afford to fracture. I can't afford to be out of unity with Kevin. Because if he says left and I'm going right, we can't go on the same journey. And suddenly the plan starts to fracture. And we start seeing divisions amongst the church. Guys are not getting along anymore. There's a little bit of, uh, of, of envy and jealousy. That always gets the mark. That always gets to talk. Everyone always listens to that in community. You know? And suddenly, all of a sudden, there's just little rifts. You see, the enemy knows the scriptures too, actually. And if it's his name that's going to be made to look silly, is it fairly reasonable to understand that the one thing that the enemy is really going to get after is plan A, B, and Z? It's you and me. He's going to get after us. He's going to get after you personally. He's going to come after the, the, the church. And there will be opposition. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his game. That's his MO. That's the only way he does things. He steals, he kills, and destroys. And if we are the plan, we need to be aware of the fact that we are the plan. You've got to know, Rob, you're the plan, man. And if, the, and if the enemy can come and crush you or distract you or get you offended or break unity, man, he's going to just slow down the work of God. We need to move forward. We need to be eager to maintain. Eager shows that there's not only an ability but an a want, a need, a desire deep inside me that goes, if I'm out of sync with Kevin, I'm running to that situation to go and fix it because I know that him and I are the plan. And if we're not on mission, then we're not on mission. We need to be moving forward. Does this make sense? It's an incredible calling. It's an incredible, incredible um, responsibility that we have. One of the biggest things that I'm running around doing during the week it's just trying to maintain the unity of the faith. Yo, guys, we need to actually just, can I say this? We need to just toughen up a bit, eh? We need to put our big boy pants or big girl pants on. And we need to realize that not everything everyone is saying is there to annoy us or to offend us. Just get over it, man. Seriously, if Jesus can forgive us, 
And his disciples say to him, how many times must I forgive? 70, uh, 70, seven times. And he goes, no, 70 times seven. And it's actually just the number. He's saying unlimited amounts of times because how can you be forgiven if you can't forgive? If you can't forgive. We've got to strive for this. You have to love the person next to you enough that when they irritate you or offend you or say something that's nasty, go and speak to them nicely and say, hey man, you know that thing that you said, it really actually hurt me. But I'm not here to tell you because I want to break you down and make you feel bad. I'm actually telling you because we are the plan. And unless the plan is in perfect unity, we can't go. If I say to Kevin, Kev, we're leaving through that door in the case of a fire, and the fire alarm goes off, and Kev says, no, 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 guys, we're actually going out the back over there. If that door's locked, some people are going to die. Because the plan is there. We have to be in our, we've got to be playing our game. We've got to be doing our position. And watch rugby later. Little Fuff, do you guys know who Fuff the Clack is? A little blonde guy, shorter than me. He's got beautiful locks, looks like a little Shetland pony when he runs. <laughs> Let me tell you, Derek is not going to go and play in the front row against the All Blacks. He's not going to, and he's not going to be jealous because he can't. God's called you to play your position in this team as part of this plan. You are with us and we are with you. Together we go, apart we go slow. Another one to put on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) So how does this work? How do we practically do this thing? And I've broken it down for you because, you know, I was a business person for a long time, so I think about headlines and we put me to it. So God will do this four ways. He does it internally. He does it... He does it four ways. Okay. I'll take my shoes off if we get over 10, all right? So I can count on my toes. He does it internally. He does it externally. He does it in the macro, and he does it in the macro. Connor, do you want to come up and explain that quickly? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He was willing. I'm scared about where he would have taken us. But the internal, the external, the macro, and the macro, these are the plans of God's. And for some, you're kind of going, huh? That's all right. All part of my cunning plan taking guys on the journey. So how does it look internally? What does it mean that God wants to build unity? He wants to use the church internally. So if we go to Acts 2, verse 42 to 47, this is a great place to start. If you're ever confused for the visitors that are with us for the first time, it's really wonderful to have you. Sorry, I realize that I'm into my picture. I haven't introduced myself to you all. I'm Sean. I lead this man. My wife is going to smack me when I get home because she's like, tell people who you are. I'm Sean. It's lucky to have you guys with us. But as you as you are visiting churches, as you are, are are looking in at what God is doing in certain places and trying to understand where is it that God wants me to be, if I can offer this to you as an encouragement, this is the thing. This is when the church got birthed after Pentecost. This is what it looked like. So as you are letting your heart be weighed up to see where God wants you to be, if it's not here, that's fine. Bless you. Go. It's lucky to have you. But go and find a church that looks like this. You see, they were devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many signs and wonders happened through this, through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread uh, um, in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. That is really what the modern New Testament church should look like. There should be all of these things that should be happening. You should see a devotion amongst the people that you're with. There should be fellowship. People should be reaching out and loving each other truly. Not in a false welcoming committee thing, but in an actual, hey, I'm interested in who you are. Come and let me learn about your life. You should see prayer. We're going to have a prayer meeting, but it shouldn't stop there. There should be prayer in community groups. There should be prayer for the sick. There should be prayers of repentance. There should be prayer. Signs and wonders. People should be getting healed and saved and delivered. These are things that are happening in the church you should be looking at. Those who have lots are sharing with those who have less. And they have all things in common. No one looks at their stuff and goes, this is mine. And you don't get a part of it. That's why for Jock and Sarah, when we prayed them in last week, we say, what's in your fridge is mine and what's in my fridge is yours. It's a simple, silly little thing, but it's indicative of that. If you need, come and let me be there for you. We see hospitality. We see the lost being saved. The family grows. And through all of these things internally, as we do these things as the church, actually the manifold wisdom of God gets shown. Do you agree? It's amazing. And you guys are a smart bunch, so you obviously are going to understand that the external bit is what? When we go outside of the church. It's the places where God is entrusted to you. It's your workplace, your sports club, your NSRI that you, go and, um, that you go and volunteer at. It's everywhere that's outside of the church. You see, the, you, see you need to understand this. One thing I've started to notice as I was going for two weeks with an evangelist ride, you know people have got a God-sized hole in, them, in their hearts. They, 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 and they're searching for Jesus. They just don't know it. So they'll go and find it in Buddha and Allah and whoever else. Or they'll go and find it in their work. They'll find it in their home. They'll find it in their relationships. They'll find it in their finances. They're trying to fill that hole that none of us can get filled without Jesus. And you are the carrier of it. You are plan A, B, and Z to take that to people. You need to understand that there's a responsibility on you. And you know what? The Bible is there to help us. How do we actually act? Can you put up Colossians 4 verse 5, please? This is talking about how do we as the believers act towards, oh, did I only give you five? Sorry, man. Conduct yourselves wisely toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. If we, can, you, can you try to get uh, six and seven? Sorry, I, I gave you the wrong notes. But effectively, what it'll go on to speak about is that actually how we should be salt. We should be seasoning to the, to the world. That when we come into their, um, Chantelle made some, some pancakes and mince for us yesterday, and I was involved in the process. Let's just see. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that, they may know, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Okay, don't worry about the next one. Seasoned with salt. As, she, as we were making the mince, I tasted it, and I was like, oh, it needs something. It needs something. And she... Being a seasoned cook, that year she came, she took one scripture, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, there we go. It was beautiful. It was amazing. We're called to be that. You see, the world's soup, the world's mince is saltless. It's bland. It's, it's, it's dying. It's actually a filthy thing. And as we come into their presence, we are called to bring the salt into the conversation. So that means that when you're at work and everybody is bagging on the boss, 
because you're not getting Christmas bonuses this year. Do we jump on the bandwagon? And do we throw a couple of kicks in ourselves, Or do we actually take time to go, Lord, thank you actually that I have a job. And that in fact, if this company had to pay bonuses at three months from now, none of us would have a job. So I'd rather not get the bonus and keep my job. But it takes perspective. It takes us to be full of the Spirit of God, to be able to step back from the emotion and actually go, Lord, show me the truth here. And to actually help people through. Because the world doesn't know how to do this. The world doesn't have the fruits of the Spirit. Do you know what the fruits of the Spirit are? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can I ask you, are you displaying that? Are you displaying these characteristics when you are with the lost? Or when people start complaining about ESCOM, are you getting stuck in right there with them? Yeah, you know, this country, the president, corruption. Guys, can I tell you what? I'm going to skip you guys to the end of the story. It's all going to get worse. Sorry to say, it's not getting better. There is no president, there is no pope, there is no prime minister, there is no human facility that is going to save this world. It's only Jesus. It's only him. So why do we get upset? Because yes, we're still alive. <laughs> I get upset too. I'm not perfect, you can ask my wife. But actually, we are called as God's plan A, B, and Z to go into the world and to demonstrate love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is supernatural. It's not always the healings, the legs growing out and the eyes getting sight again. It's actually someone that sits in the midst of negativity and goes, actually, you know what? I can tell you that Jesus is still good in my life. Or people can look at your life and go, how is it that you're always smiling, Kevin? And it's not a fake smile. <laughs> Trying to impress you. I'm so godly. Look at me. I'm this nice Christian person. It's not about that. But there's a deep conviction deep inside us that knows whether this, this world goes to hell in a handbasket. I am going to be with Jesus. My inheritance is with him. And it's not in this world. So you can't shake me. And you can't break me. Because I know what's coming. Amen. Amen. I love it. Come on. <laughs> So then I said macro and micro. So macro, I'm not talking about the shop. I'm not, I don't get any endorsements. They're not paying me. If anyone's here from macro, you're welcome to tell them that I mentioned this and royalties. But God wants to use this in the macro. So what is the macro? The macro is in when God puts us together in a bigger setting. Whether we go, for, for some of us this week, we're going to go to 412. It's going to be amazing. For those of you who've never been, if you're missing out, I'm sorry. I really am. But I tell you what, there is something that's going to happen. And why? Because 4.12 is based on Ephesians 4 verse 12. To equip the saints, you, me, plan A, plan B, plan Z, for the works of the ministry. That's why we go to these things. It's not about a hop. It's not about a come get blessed. It's not about come get your impartation. It's guys that have been serving the Lord that have got a track record of doing things well and building the church well and being plan A, B, and Z well. And then they come and they impart that. They, they teach it to us. And they give us handles. And they call us to, to repentance. And we get equipped. We get equipped. 
The same thing happens when we go to the gathering. And the same thing happens when we call the church together and we have an equip time. And we say, guys, we're going to learn about the prophetic. We're going to learn about evangelism. We're going to learn about whatever it may be. It's a macro gathering so that plan A gets equipped to be able to be better at what we're doing. The macro. This is when we take what we've learned in the big settings and we start to implement it in a small setting. So that might be your home group or it might be one-on-one with your colleague at work who's busy going through a divorce or who's busy going through whatever the case may be and his life is a mess. And we take some of the stuff that we've learned. We take some of the, the, the information that we've received on how to share the gospel and we share the gospel with that person. We invite them along to church. We use our faith. We are salt and light to them. We encourage them. We pray for them. We bless them. In community. <laughs> Do you want to know where God's going to build you? He's going to build you in a small group. You know where he's really going to build you? In a small group where someone irritates you. You laugh, it's true. It's true. Some of you will arrive at community and you'll see that one person's not there and it's like, yes, tonight is that night. I'm going to encounter God new. No, 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 no. You're not seeing it. You don't see. You see, your theology is going to come out in community. See, when I preach on signs, wonders, and miracles, and you've come out of a denominational church where they've refuted the fruits of the Spirit, something in you is going to go, you're not going to like it. And it's going to come out, and then we can deal with it. When I say something that you don't necessarily agree with, If you've been taught that conflict is not something that's healthy, what's going to happen is you're going to shrink back. You know, I don't like this. These guys are heretics. Or the favorite one for Josh, they're a cult. They're trying to control you. Oh my goodness, guys. I don't have enough time or get paid enough to try and control you. It's not about that. It's like if you don't understand, run towards a problem. I am plan A and so are you. We're going to start with this is church one of these days. I'm telling you now, for some of you, it's going to be the first time you've heard some of these things. I promise you. Some of the things that are going to be said are going to shock you. And you might not agree with it. And is that okay? Yes. Of course it's okay. But as we go through these things, can I please ask you this? Just remember that we are plan A. So when something happens, make a note of it. Don't have to raise your objection in front of everybody else and completely derail the rest of the meeting. For some of you, you would never have met Andrew Selly, and he's going to teach some things, and he's going to teach some quite strongly. And I know that I know that I know that some of the things that he's going to say is going to, is going to make you shake a little bit. Not because he's trying to offend anybody, but because he's standing for a truth in a postmodern age. We're in an age where secular humanism is dictating how we think. He's going to talk about things like submission. I don't need to submit to anybody. No one gets to tell me what to do. And that thing inside you is going to shake because your previous church or three three churches previous, actually you had a really bad guy that did lord it over you like the Bible commands leaders not to do. 
and he hurt you and he crushed you and he manipulated you. And now we talk about submission and something in you is going to go, no! And I'm giving it effect because that's how it's going to feel. It's going to feel like chalk. My fingernails going down a chalkboard. Can I just say to you in that moment, just pause. Just pause. Write it down. And myself and Rian or your community leader will sit with you and we'll listen. Because if it's coming out, the word says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If filth is coming out, it's because it's in. And if it's in, that doesn't make you unfair or bad or anything. It just means that there's something in you that hasn't been healed yet. We want to help you. Can I ask you, can we commit to that? We're not going to blow up in community. We're not going to get upset. We'll make appointments. I'm ready to be busy. I'm happy with it. Because it's making our plan A better. In, your, in, the, in the macro, you're going to have introverts and extroverts. You're going to have those that love crowds and recharge with people. And you're going to have those that are going, oh my goodness gracious, can this just end so that I can get home? Can I tell you something? See, this is one of those moments where plan A, plan A. Actually, the Bible says that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Which actually means that extroverted Sean is not who I am anymore. And the introverted Kevin It's not who you are anymore. Because if you've given your life to Christ, you've been baptized and you're in him, that isn't you anymore. It might be who you were. It's not who you are. You see, in Acts 2.42, it says they devoted themselves to fellowship. It's very hard to fellowship when it's just you. It's very hard to have all things in common where the only thing I have is mine. You understand what I'm saying? In the macro, we're going to be tested. But it's through that. Do you not see? It's like it's, that is passing the test. That is dem- de- demonstrating the manifold wisdom of God to the powers and principalities. When what shouldn't fit, fits. You see, the church is actually a, a square peg and a round hole, and it works. That's what the church is. It's supernatural. We have different people from different backgrounds with different understandings of things that are in the same place and are actually making it work. So why am I telling you this? What's the payoff? (laughs) What's the takeaway? It's simply this. We are plan A, plan B, and plan Z. There's no other plan. There isn't. There's no super subs, bomb squad that's going to run on and take the place of us. It's us. It's you, sir. And it's me. And I want to tell you because I have to strengthen you. This is a strengthening pitch. What I'm doing is I'm building concrete into your foundations to go, guys, is there going to be times in the life of this church where we're not vibing with someone else? Yes. Is there going to be times in this church when you're not vibing with me? Yes. Sorry in advance. Please come and talk to me. Anybody, anytime. I promise you. Has anybody come to speak to me before? Who spent time with me? More than that. <laughs> Cheapest. As a guy like, whoa. How many people have ever left? And I want you to be honest. How many people have ever left a meeting with me feeling like, yo, bro, I just got a clap? Okay. <laughs> All right, so there's one or two. All right, sometimes we're going to get a club. 
But we're looking at a very low percentage, and Kev's on another level, and so is going, oh, we expect more from our leaders, so sometimes we have to be a little bit strong. But the fact is, I'm here to build you up. You know, do you know the Bible says that one day I will stand accountable for you? Every word I've spoken. I dare not lord it over you, because you know what will happen? I will lose on an award for eternity. God doesn't let things slide. He doesn't forget unless he chooses to forget. Because he does say that he will forget our sins. and He will remember our sins no more. So he can choose to forget. But he doesn't forget. So when I'm loose with my words, or I'm too strong with you, or I'm too weak with you, God will hold me accountable for that. And I will stand before him one day. It's a frightful thing. It's a frightful thing. But I'm plan A and so are you. So we need to be strengthened. We need to know that if we don't make this thing work, actually we make God look silly to the enemy. Do you get the gravity of that, eh? It's quite a heavy thing. When Kevin and Rob are just not getting along and there's divisiveness between them, what's happening is the body's breaking. The plan is being split. And the accuser, what is the enemy called? He's called the accuser of the brethren. Do you know what he then does? He goes and sits with God and says, hey, you were trying to show me your manifest wisdom through your church. Just have a look at those two. How wise is that? And when someone gets offended and, and hurt and upset and they leave us, part of us tears. Part of us breaks. And the Lord gets accused by the enemy. Ah, you weren't that clever there, were you? He loves to do it. He did it with Job. Have you considered my servant Job? How many of us want to be considered? Lord, have you considered my servant Sean? And the enemy goes, is it? It's just because you bless him. Take away his blessing, see what will happen. And maybe you're in a time when it's actually going really tough for you. And it feels like everything is being stripped away. I kind of know how that feels. It's in that moment. When we choose to partner with God and go, God, even if you slay me, yet will I worship you. Or we, yeah, you know, I don't know, if I, don't know if I believe this Christian thing anymore, you know. pastor led me to the Lord, said that if I give my tenth to the church, I'll be blessed and I'll have a two million rand house and a five million rand car. It's not how it works, man. Sorry. If that's, what, if that's how they got you, the good news is this. This world is not our home. And we will have a place with God one day where the word says that there will be no more sadness, there will be no more tears, there will be no more pain. We will be released from all of that, but it's not yet. It's not yet. Does it mean that I'm saying you shouldn't feel emotion around things? No, that's not that. I'm not saying that. But I want to encourage you, I want to build concrete in. We are plan A. We have to get this thing right. We can get it right, actually. And I think we are really getting it right. So I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every single person that is under the sound of my voice here this morning. I really do. I thank you for these incredible people. And Lord, I want to boast about them before you this morning. That when you chose plan A in Gordon's Bay, you really did choose the A team. You choose great people who do fight for unity, who do fight to maintain the unity of the faith. But Lord, I know for many of us, 
It's really tough at the moment. It feels like the enemy is squeezing us and surrounding us, and it feels like we're completely cut off from your blessing. But Father, I pray that today, as these words have gone out, that we've been strengthened, Lord. That we've, been, we've had concrete mixed into our blood, that we won't be shaken. We won't be moved. I thank you, Lord, that even as this word has gone out today, that there's a love that's grown into us, between us and for us, towards each other, knowing that I can only achieve what it is that you have for me in my kingdom if the person next to me is doing it too. I thank you that if there's been any offense or any unforgiveness towards someone else, that actually in this week we just sort that thing out. Put it to bed and move on with our lives. Because life is too short and your mission is too important. And Lord, there might be, even if there's just one person who's come here this morning who actually is hearing about this plan A, is hearing about this team of people that love Jesus and are loved by Jesus, but has never actually made a public proclamation of their faith, has never said, listen, Lord, I, know, I realize that I'm a sinner, that I've said to a brother or to a friend or to a stranger, you fool, and that the word actually says that if I've said that to them, I've actually murdered them in my heart. The word also says that there is no one that is righteous, not even one person is righteous. We are only made righteous through the Lord Jesus Christ. So perhaps if that is you, if you've never ever Confess that you believe that Christ came and lived a perfect life. He died, crucified on a cross, and was raised on the third day and was seen by many witnesses. And that he is offering you the free gift of salvation that you need only put your faith in him and repent. Then I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that right now. If that is you and you've never made that proclamation publicly, why don't you just slip your hand up for you very quickly? All the eyes are closed. Is there anybody? Okay. And Father, I thank you for the salvation of every person here. And I pray that you would bless them as we go into this week. That you would be with us. I thank you for those earlier that have repented. And I thank you, Lord, that they can walk out of this place free. Free and absolutely removed from any of the sins and transgressions of the past. I thank you for your great love for us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.